take a trip with us to New Bog. Just promise not to drink the goo. If you get sucked into the matrix, we will send the phone for you. Do you believe in fate? But every movie has a plot hole, and every hole gets filled somehow. Whiskey, wine, or blue milk. Just don't cut me off right now. We're the Club of two, we're the plotaholics, ripping plots apart for you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Plotaholics Podcast. I'm Shane Wilson, and I'm joined this week by Regret and Brian Tan. Uh, <laughs> hey oh! <laughs> uh, Brian, how are you this week? Feeling pretty good. My uh, Pittsburgh Steelers sort of snuck their way with a limp into the playoffs. No one's giving them a chance in hell tonight, so... Playing a team that three weeks ago made us look like a bunch of chumps, so this is going to be fun. Right, yeah. This reminds me of the last time the Dolphins were in the playoffs and the Steelers made them look like a bunch of chumps. Yeah, so this might be a payback game for you. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, How I've did never... your team really fire a Brian Flores? Oh, like, There's God. a lot coming out about him. Well, you know, I feel like... I, so, okay, and I say this as a Dolphins fan who has not watched a minute of football this year, mm-hmm. um, but... Like, I still keep up with the scores and stuff, you know, and I I say I'm a Dolphins fan, but I don't know how true that can really be. But (laughs) if I keep up with any team, it's them. And honestly, it seems like, uh, you know, just the worst call ever. I mean, the dude has been a game away from the playoffs for the last two seasons. And this year, he didn't even have Tua for a good chunk of that. Um, From what I understand, apparently he got fired because he was like, he didn't like Tua or Tua didn't like him. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he like he was not thrilled about being forced to draft Tua. Right. Um, that's the sense that I get as well. And uh, I also feel like Steve Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, who's a big Michigan guy, is probably just going after Harbaugh. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. Not my Last team. temptation of Stephen Ross. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not trying to ask Dan Marino to come out of retirement. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a step in the right direction. So, yeah. Not that I'm that, against Tua. Yeah. I'm not against Tua. No, I'm not. I mean, that dude is is like, he's Alex Smith 2.0. He's not going to go out and win a bunch of games, but he's not going to lose a ton of them either. Dude, his hip fell off. Yeah. And he's still. Dude, that playing. man is part robot for sure. Yeah. Like, he had the same injury that Bo Jackson had. He's the Tua-nator. <laughs> I'll throw a pick. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be touchback. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That Um, that was actually, that was way better than mine. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Well, this week we are not here to talk about football. No, if you want us to talk about football, you should should listen to our replacements episode. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, or you can join Mr. Tan over on his uh, other show oh. that he's cheating on me with uh, over on oh. Vendetta Sports Media. Yeah, the Tandemonium Sports Show where myself and fellow Dolph and Shane's Dolphins fan in arms, um, Jackson Law, we talk um, professional sports every Tuesday evening, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Twitch. Yeah, so check it out. And uh, as for us, we continue with what I guess is is still the controversial 80s, though I've been looking real hard to figure out what's so controversial this week. Can I just um, say that I think that people like everyone refers to folks today as like snowflakes and oh stuff. Man. Yeah, I've but, been having the exact same thought today. Yeah, but it's like a lot of these movies that are supposed to be so controversial. Weren't these just like sensitive ass boomers of the 80s? Well, it also is, and this is not a I'm going to say this as a pretty blanket statement, but it's not meant to be that way. Uh, the most vocal corners of most of the world's major religions uh those people tend to be of a pretty brittle spirit and you know let's just let's just be frank they soft s-a-w-f-t soft some some of them are and it's always the most vocal ones right yeah Uh, they're the ones that call everyone else soft but they are soft as baby deuce because i we watched uh the last temptation of christ this week which is man if you look at anything about it online you would think it's you know just the most blasphemous thing on the planet but i had a hard time up until like the last half hour i had a hard time seeing any difference from this film and any other depiction of white jesus that i've ever seen i seriously was like dude this is tame as hell compared to the passion of the christ yeah (laughs) right i mean then passion of the christ had all the christians sitting in the theaters jacking off they were all just like yeah show me that blood porn yeah, show me Jesus getting whipped. Oh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Ow! It T- is taking, the, taking their taking their big old Doberman Pinscher support dogs that they make fun of other people for having with some peanut butter in their pocket. Freaking weirdos! It is just it. It is. Oh, I'm that, I'm coming out guns a blazing. I didn't realize I'd be coming out guns a blazing this week, but I'm ready to go after somebody today, Shane. Wilson. The entire. Uh, God, I don't even I don't want to say the entire Christian faith because that's not fair because there are no, plenty of not. Christians who uh who have a healthier uh relationship with media than this. But you know, so it, well I because guess why why don't we call them the um the soft the, right? <laughs> the soft right. There you go. The soft right. Um I like that. You know what? I like that. I'm gonna the, put that out on Twitter. I'm the, calling out the soft right. The uh, I'll go. This is the list of controversies of, uh, around the Last Temptation of Christ, which was released in 1988, um, and this is the controversies as uh, recorded on the Wikipedia article. Um, so there was the on October 22nd, 1988, an integr- an integrist Catholic group set fire to the Saint Michael Cinema in Paris. While that sh- while while that theater was showing the film, a little after midnight, an incendiary device ignited under a seat in the less supervised underground room where a different film was being shown. The incendiary device consisted of blah 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 blah. The attack oh, injured Jesus. thirteen people, four of whom whatever integrist cath- uh, Catholicism. Uh, just for uh, all intents and purposes, here um, is the 
integralism uh, or integrism is the principle that Catholic faith should be the basis of public law and public policy within civil society. And so since it was that sort of group that, uh, that laid the bomb and made the attack, this was able to be classified as a terrorist attack. One of uh, only a handful of, you know, usually when a, uh, a Christian is behind the attack, they go out of their way to not classify it as terrorism. But because this is a group whose sort of central purpose is or, or central desire is to reshape all governments in the image of the Catholic Church, then it counts. Oh, man, it's S-A-W-F-T, folks, man, for real. Then uh, Roger Ebert, uh, Ebert, Ebert, uh, in his book, Scorsese by Ebert, talked about how Scorsese was targeted by death threats um and uh, especially and uh jeremiads uh and again here's another word that i'm not familiar with but it's a long literary work usually in prose but sometimes in verse in which the author bitterly laments the state of society so uh, and this was by tv evangelists who were just like slamming him i guess on television um the threats were significant enough that scorsese had to use bodyguards during public appearances for a few years then there were just tons of protests. In fact, initially, uh, the film was meant to go into production a few years earlier uh, and with Universal, if I'm not mistaken. No, it was originally with Paramount uh, because it did end up being released by Universal. So originally with Paramount, it was being uh, it was in like pre-production. And then they started getting so many threats of protests and stuff that they kind of pulled the plug on it. That coupled with a ballooning budget, uh, they pulled the plug. And then let's see, uh, censorship and bans. Um, it was banned or censored in countries like Greece, Turkey, Mexico, Chile, uh, Argentina. Um, in February 2020, Netflix revealed the film would to be one of the five titles that have been removed from the Singapore version of Netflix at the demand of the Singapore government. And that's just last like two years ago. So, Oh, Jesus Christ. Way to be late to the party, Singapore. Well, Singapore, uh, as of July 2010, the film continues to be banned in the Philippines and Singapore. So I guess they banned oh, okay. it from the jump and they have not relaxed. Oh, okay. That, well, then never mind. I guess I guess I'm the asshole. Yeah, they're Sorry, late Singapore. The, they're late to the party where everybody stopped giving a shit about this movie in 1989. Right. It just fell into obscurity and it's just like there now. It's one of those things that like, what else does Singapore have going on? They're just like, uh, what, do, what do we have going on? And somebody's like, oh, well, you know, we we still haven't unbanned The Last Temptation of Christ. And they're like, oh, good. Yeah, let's let's put out a presser on that. Uh, how we're yeah. still that we're the only country. It's probably their tourism slogan. Yeah, come to we, we have banned the last temptation of Christ. <laughs> come to Singapore, where you can watch a lot of stuff, but definitely not the last temptation of Christ. And honestly, that's a pretty solid slogan. I think I want to go to Singapore now. I, I think worry so about too. running into this movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, hey, I'd rather see some of those Singapore um, transgender sex shows than yeah. watch this film. There's yeah, plenty the, of things the, to the, rather look at. Yeah, there are there are many other things. And this is the thing. Uh, I and I I speak only for myself. I my beef with this movie has nothing to do with the controversy. It's just boring as shit. Why are you stealing my thunder? Because I was about to say the same thing. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like there are movies that like so. Whenever we do a movie that I've never seen before, okay, I try really, really, really hard. 
to really focus on it. Yeah, I just played Madden. I watched. I I, I started a brand new face of the franchise game. How many times drafted. did you win the Super Bowl before the movie was over? <laughs> oh my God, at least twice. Right? <laughs> this movie felt so. And they were not even. Uh, they were like uh, not sequential years, right? Like you, had, you, there was a gap year in there. Yeah, I actually I had two gap like, years. I won. I won the Super yeah, you Bowl. Played I, four I, full I, seasons of Madden. <laughs> oh my God, this movie is so unnecessarily long like i had to double check to make sure no one was screwing with me when they said this was a martin scorsese film it's like there's no way well it, it's oh it definitely is as long as a martin scorsese film but it just doesn't add anything so it's apparent so the film itself is a it's adaptation a of a novel called the last temptation of christ uh by nikos kazant i, I thought it, i almost said his name was jay cox but it's Nikos Kazantzaki. Kazakhstan. He's nice. Nikos Kazakhstan. It's uh, widely considered a giant of modern Greek literature. He wrote this novel. Uh, and, you know, in the, the film even takes great care at the very beginning to offer us a quote from the novel, as well as a disclaimer that this movie is in no way based on the gospel. However, for a legitimate two hours it. of this movie, I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't it, tell. Right. It's I'm just like this thing could have been on TBN. You know, it was, yeah, so it was no different. The only difference came like, yeah, the like, like, I'm pretty sure they didn't nail Jesus to the cross to maintain his freaking dignity and privacy. So we wouldn't see his flaccid wang hanging because he was being crucified. Now, I'm not saying no, I'm not saying that Jesus Christ had a flaccid wang. I'm saying that the way they nailed Willem Dafoe to the cross, they did spoiler alert they didn't actually nail him to the cross it's all special effects i'm pretty sure christ wasn't like nailed like that so that his legs were crossed so you wouldn't see him i mean do you think i mean so okay all of the controversy around this film kind of is wrapped up in the final 30 minutes uh where while jesus is hanging on the cross he has so if you read the summary, it makes it seem like he has uh, he is brought down off of the cross by a, by a young girl who claims to be his guardian angel. And she shows him or actually takes him through the rest of his life where he marries Mary Magdalene, who then dies. And then so he marries two other chicks. And they bang it out for a while. Yeah. And then um, when Lazarus he's older, shit, sisters, he, he starts nailing. I realized afterward. Yeah, that he married Lazarus's sisters. Yeah. Then when he's old as shit, all the disciples show up and talk. And Judas is butt hurt still, and then he dies. And then uh, Judas just like reveals to him that this quote unquote guardian angel, this again very young girl who's been hanging out with Jesus for just you know his whole life after the cross, was actually Satan uh, in disguise. And then Jesus wakes up and he's still on the cross. So even all of the most controversial part of the movie didn't even actually happen. It was all just a fever dream. Right. So what Ooh. the fuck, man? Like, like what's the point? So um. I, I found myself asking myself this question over and over and over again. I was like, how could you make a compelling film ab about this story? Because this one is not compelling. I think a lot of it is the fact that if you grow up in Western culture, near or around uh, Christian faith, you've heard this story a million times. A trillion. You heard this story so long, so many times that it's like, 
enough. And so you think somebody like Martin Scorsese might be able to give you something new and interesting, but then he just relegates all the new interesting stuff to the last 30 minutes and then none of it even matters. Right. And it was just boring. Yeah, just everything so was boring. Also, boring. it was like overly artsy and just like convoluted. Like even the part that is familiar. If I hadn't known this story, I'd be like, "What the fuck is even happening here?" Like they were not. They're all talking nonsense, super artsy for no fucking reason. Like fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, and in, in the ass, like deep, deep Roto Rooter butthole. Give it the Sodom and Gomorrah treatment. Oh, and then some, and then turn it into a pillar of salt. And then mm-hmm. piss on it. If it's not a pillar of salt, I send it back. For real. Like, and then of course, all the Jews are Brooklyn accented. Bro, and then Har- all the Romans, <laughs> Yeah. And then all the, the Romans are British. Yeah. So that so that explains why we get David Bowie as Pontius Pilate. That fucking blew my mind apart. What the fuck is going on? I'm David Bowie, also the worst version of David Bowie. Yeah, like I I, I was really wishing that he like honestly, I didn't even notice him at first. And then I was like, so let's dance. I was like, ground control to Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And this savior that you spit on. (laughs) Like, like, why? Changes. Here's another moment, right? Where you get to Pontius Pilate and you're like, oh, David Bowie's in this scene. Oh, we're about to get weird, right? Like, let's get weird with David Bowie. I've waited for this, right? And then then all he does is fucking talk to this guy and have just the most serious ass conversation. God damn it. (laughs) Like everything. Like, yeah. God damn it. You know what? God damn this movie. Damn this movie. And honestly, I wish it had been more controversial. I really do. You know, like, I seriously wish if you really like, this is what Brian Tan would have done. If, if like, why they, isn't this, this ain't Jesus Christ, a porn parody. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I would have done. Let's just say if I could go back in time as Brian Tan of me up now, go back in time. Like I would have had Judas, like while he's flipping out on Christ, I would have had him like grab him up off his deathbed, bend him over the freaking bed there and just start like bull whipping him. There's just so much. And then peeing on the on the lash on the lash marks. That way it could at least be a little bit more controversial. Right. Yeah. Or or may or better yet, maybe just maybe have a Judas and Jesus love triangle with Mary Magdalene. Why not? Make it if this is supposed to be controversial in an alternate telling of the story of Jesus Christ, let's get crazy. Because look, so like the last temptation is. Jesus's last temptation is about whether or not he will take himself, remove himself from remove the, himself death, from the right? cross. Yeah. Remove himself from the cross and live like a normal dude. And don't you get the sense that that was never an option? No, like not even close. Like I, by the time I he get, had that dream, he, that's why he, he had the already fever dying. <laughs> like, right. So what's now? All right. I get why. Because like all right, they're, they're trying to humanize Jesus Christ. I get it. There are some aspects that I did. I did like a little bit. Like I like the fact that he was constantly questioning himself. Please, God, let me be doing the right thing. All right. Yeah, but this I'm is pretty nothing sure. new in this kind of film either. I mean, like every every gritty, realistic look at the life of Jesus Christ show like emphasizes that aspect the, the of questioning it, right? of it. Yeah. But I mean, at this time of the eighties, 
we didn't really get that. You know, like Jesus of Nazareth, he was so sure of himself. He was almost a cocky prick. I would even argue, Ryan, that a better version of this movie is Jesus Christ Superstar. And that came out in 1973. I think, Honestly, a better version of this movie is The Last Temptation of Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, not The Last Temptation of Christ. Um, the la- um, what was the other one? The one that the one that Psycho Gibson did. Uh, Passion of the Christ. The Passion of the Christ is a much better version of it. Because at least the Passion of the Christ, it freaking shakes you. It does, it's no holds barred. Like the one thing that I remember when I, I was saying to myself when I watched this film, when we got to the crucifixion scene, it's like, dude, he suffered more at the beginning when he was carrying the part of the cross for the crucifixion for someone else than when, like, oh, wow, he has a little bit of blood on his cheek. And he looks like he has an uncomfortable helmet on. Yeah, he's really suffering. Yeah, I mean... Passion of the Christ, man. He went through it. Like... Yeah, but they're, they're both overly long. You know I mean? the, the Oh, passion, they really are. The, I don't but at least the passion why. is interesting. I mean, I, yeah, there are interesting things going on in the Passion of the Christ, even if most of it's just torture porn. Uh, there's just very little about this story that makes for the only compelling thing about this story is um, Hershey being naked. Imagine a man who was, who has to shoulder the sins of humanity. Right. But who, who doesn't know that who has to like learn to be the savior of all mankind. Right. There's something interesting in that, but how many Mm -hmm. times do we have to watch him do that? Like I said, uh, so Jesus Christ Superstar, a musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice, released in the 1970s, and it does all of the same stuff. Um, there was a there was a film adaptation of that too, and it it has the exact same like questioning whether or not he's a man. There's a like a love a, like a romantic subplot with him and Mary Magdalene. None of this is new, right? Not not only that it was based on a novel, but like even the novel probably wasn't treading any sort of new ground by the time he wrote it i mean i think that these are have always been questions yeah well i think that part of the big issue with it is that for those that follow the christian faith it makes it a lot easier to sort of go about your faith and practice your faith if your savior who's supposed to be a man right if he's infallible is is fallible right i mean I think that's one of the biggest makes it easier if he's like just a normal dude or do you think? Yeah, because I've known a lot. So when I was growing up uh, and I was uh, going to church all the time at Mm -hmm. where my parents go to church there, they had a pastor one time who would rub people the wrong way occasionally. And I remember he did this. uh, He's a smart dude, you know, like super like articulate and everything. But Mm -hmm. one Christmas he did a service about how, Jesus, the man, was imperfect, and that's kind, and that was the point, right? And so he talked about how, like, when Jesus was a baby, he was probably shitting on himself, and he was like peeing on himself. And I was like, yeah, of course he was, like, he's a baby, right? But like, people got real bent out of shape about that. But why? Uh, right? Like, why? Like, he—that's the whole fuck. If you believe, if you ascribe to that faith, the whole point of God coming to earth as a man was so that he could learn what it was like to be a person. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that it would give him like this empathy for his creation and that he could like walk a mile in their shoes and all of this. And 
you know, yeah, like ultimately, I, I think everybody ends, ends up focusing on the sacrifice part of it, that he was the ultimate sacrifice, but they forget that he lived, you know, almost three decades on this planet as just a dude. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, I really hate the, and Jesus and I, definitely I, saw some titties, you know, oh, like, hell yeah. He saw he titties. lived in the desert. It was hot as shit out there. Like, I feel like a lot of people just, you know, people have no problem with torture porn, but their beef is always with the sex stuff. Right. Well, that's, that's human nature. You know, people are so okay with that is the, the very the, the physical. They're, they're so okay with the physical violence, but the moment that the female anatomy is involved, it's a problem. Or anything remotely "quote unquote" sexual, it's like, look, man, just because you're sexually repressed, don't mean that everyone else needs to be. All right, seriously, get the hell over yourselves. And what really just irritates me with the propaganda yeah i said it the propaganda of organized religion religion is the fact that they're painting this portrait of jesus christ as perfect no he was a man oh well he was god came down in human form a man yeah i mean if you stab him he bleeds right right And I'll I'll tell you the truth. The older I get, the more I sort of push against the idea of organized religion. Look, man, I I really am because I'm, I'm just I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with the hypocrisy of it. It's like, look, man, so you have an issue with your quote unquote with your savior being humanized. To help make him more relatable to the everyday person that would actually help them have a better relationship with said savior to maybe have their lives be a little bit better. Why do you have a problem with this? And even if you don't believe, all right, if, if, you know, if someone don't believe in God, all right, that's fine. That That's cool. But. Look, just let folks, hey, as long as long as someone else's faith ain't hurting somebody else, leave them the hell alone and just cut the shit. Yeah, I, I would argue that the like what is sort of interesting about the Christian God is his fallibility from the beginning, right? Like he. The Old Testament is full of God making mistakes and then trying to fix them. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, this this isn't working. All right, let's just destroy everything. Right. And he does it like three or four times, sometimes on global scale, sometimes on a local scale. But it's... And then it's like, oh, but then he sent this thing that says, hey, I'm never going to do that again until the next time. Right. So... You know, nah, people people need to just get over themselves. They need to just stop. Yeah, I mean, adhere to your faith if it makes life if it makes living life easier and it gives you if it gives you a, a code or a map, right? To 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 do that, but you know, that doesn't belief doesn't give any person a right to inflict anything on another person. I agree, one hundred percent. And I mean, we've seen it all throughout human history. 
we've seen people use faith as an excuse to enslave other groups of people and make it acceptable. We've seen, and we're still seeing it to this day. We're seeing people using faith to try to force their will on another gender, on other genders and telling them that they don't matter because they're a different, because they're different. I I'm just, and this, we're going to, I know we're like not even all over the place. We're just like kind of we're, ranting we're just, about this thing. We're, ju- we're literally just paint just thrown on a canvas right now. But it makes me so angry every time I think about David Bowie being in this movie and oh my God, David not being Bowie. glammed out, dude, just like rocking it in the, because like Christ, it would make the movie so worth it, right? If Jesus, this whole movie was about Jesus, like going into, into the kingdom and he was going to overthrow the Romans and now, and he was going to reinstate or he's going to instate his own version of of like god's kingdom right and when he got Mm -hmm. there david bowie was just like this glammed out rock dude and but and it would create this really funny like i would have preferred it the two of them were like oh we have to choose now between willem defoe's boring ass jesus or david bowie's like glammed out pontius Pilate. like sign me up for bowie train you know see i would have preferred david lee roth (laughs) As Pontius Pilate, oh, yeah! man, <laughs> and then he just comes up. I am the king of the Jews. <laughs> You've really got to watch Jesus Christ Superstar. I know you're not into musicals, but that shit's pretty funny. I mean, you know, is um is David Bowie or David Lee Roth in it? No, they're all like regular Broadway people, but it is pretty oh. good. Okay, it's better does than anyone, this. Does shit. anyone? Oh, okay, cool. Well, that's not hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I seriously would have like, I, I so there, there's a radio station here in Pittsburgh, WDB, and every now and again, when they um they they have this this audio clip of David Lee Roth just hitting his notes, right? Yeah, and it's so hilarious because they just play it at these random ass intervals. But like, seriously, like, I would love to just be like, I'm Willem Dafoe. And like, you just like, and I would just lo- like, and that's his dialogue. Every time he talks, he just, he does the David Lee Roth thing, but it's like, everyone else can like translate it. It's almost like Davy and Goliath, right? Like only Davy understands Goliath and everyone else is just like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll just take your word for it. Weird kid. Like that's the, that would have made this movie so worth watching, even if he was only in it for like two minutes. Well, so I find myself then when you look at Rotten Tomato, well, the thing is critically acclaimed, right? 81% on the tomato meter. Of course, that's only 58 reviews, 84% audience score, which is also just mind boggling to me with 25,000 ratings. I'm, I don't understand. So let's read some of the, it, it reeks of the kind of movie that people feel like they're supposed to like. Because it's so because it's so unnecessarily artsy uh, and long, movie. like it feels important. Um, I never, I, I, I'm never going to watch this movie ever again. No, never again. Like I, I, there are so many things. Like I'm going to give you a a top five of things that I would rather do than ever watch this movie again. Number five, listen to Matt get speak. Number four, listen to my pillow guy speak. Oh God. Number three. Listen to Chris Christie speak. I'm sensing a theme. Number two. <laughs> marry one of my many ex-girlfriends because F those psychos. Oh. And the number one thing that I would rather do than ever watch this film ever again is literally pick 
each individual pubic hair out of my crotch one at a time while watching a speech by Donald Trump and listening to polka music. I would rather run, and for a bonus round, I would <laughs> rather run my scrotum over a cheese grater than ever watch this film again. Every time Willem Dafoe was on the screen, and this was fun for like the first five minutes, that first five times that I did this, after a while, this could even save it. Anytime Jesus started to get a little bit ang- like excited, I just I kept imagining, there was a fire fight! And then after a while, it's like, all right, that's not even making this fun anymore. I like, just, this is horrible. Yeah. This and, is, and now, so we understand here at the Plotaholics that every film doesn't have to be fun. And we also understand that sometimes a drama has to be dramatic, et cetera. We get it, right? And I also, and I can concede a few things. You know, Martin Scorsese is clearly like a competent filmmaker. Uh, mm-hmm. The film looks fine. Uh, I don't know that I agree with the casting uh in almost in in any way really you couldn't find nobody else other than harvey freaking cartel to play judas iscariot for real for real why don't you why don't you just put eddie murphy in that role robin williams whoopi goldberg richard Pryor. oh man why didn't they get robin williams for jesus yes (laughs) i would love to see a a manic ass jesus christ well, hey, so this I'm was the king of the Jews, Nanu Nanu. When I kept when I kept asking myself, how do you make a, a movie about Jesus interesting? I finally settled on <laughs> Ryan Reynolds as Jesus. Yes, who's just like doing shenanigans, right? And so, like, and the, and this movie is full of shenanigans. He turns water into wine. That's a shenanigan, right? So, it like, it is a shenanigan. So, why don't we lean into the shenanigan aspect of it? There was one thing in this movie that made me laugh out loud, though. Um, when this was really early on and I can't even really remember the context, but Jesus was like getting mad. Right. And he was like, who did this? And like, just some guy off screen was like, it was Judith. <laughs> like, like, that was kind of funny. Right, so that was funny. Judith under the bus. He's like, who did this? It was Judith. It was Judith. <laughs> That was so messed up. Meanwhile, Judith is looking at him like, you're an asshole. Right? Like, and she's like, there's a bunch of us here, dick. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's like five Judiths here. Which right. one? Oh, like, man. for real, is it Judith F, Judith C, God. Judith R, Judith W? What? And so I kept waiting for like more of that kind of thing. And then Ooh, when we got to Lazarus. And I always, I always think about this when I think about Lazarus, right? Like, here's this dude is like chilling in the afterlife you know, probably in heaven. And now all of a sudden his sick ass is alive again. It's like, thanks, dick. Right. You know, I had stage four testicular cancer. I'm finally out of misery and your ass is bringing me back. You're it's an just, asshole. And it's this, uh, it's this whole idea of, you know, like the, the people who are left alive are grieving, right? And of course they are. They're sad. Their brother died or whatever, you know? And, but, you know, He's not, so, he's, he was sick, right? According to scripture, he was sick. He had like sepsis or something. And yeah, bring him back. And, not, then, didn't he just, and in this movie, he just got like shanked. Um, well, what's funny is that then he reaches out of the grave. Like everyone is like covering their faces because it's like, oh, this is going to stink. Yeah. And then it's like, then he reaches out with his zombified hand. And then he hug. It's like, no, bro, I'm finally not hurting anymore. 
I'm in the land of never ending titties and you bring me back here. Right. Have you looked around here? Have you yeah. seen this? Have you it's seen this sisters. bullshit? <laughs> this planet, this existence right. is bullshit. Who called hey, this you- man over here to bring me back to life? It was Judith. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Judith. Like, Judith is a bitch. I want Judith to be like a running joke in this movie where she's always to blame for everything, right? I know, right? Who's to blame for Adam and Eve eating that apple? Judith! <laughs> Wait, what? Eat the apple. It was Judith. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, I seriously want it was Judith to become a, like, it, that, that just deserves its own thing. It so, was Judith should be the name of the Ryan Reynolds Jesus movie. <laughs> yes! Yes! This summer, Ryan Reynolds is Jesus in It Was Judith. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to blame for that adultery? It was Judith. Yeah, but, now, but is there a funny a recurring joke in this movie where one of the disciples has a lisp? And so he's actually saying Judas. It was Judas. <laughs> <laughs> For a week, he had to speak with a lisp like this. Right. It's like, they're like, he's like, who betrayed me? He was like, it was Judith. And it was like, what? No, like, the, who? There's Judith? no one here named Judith. Man. No, it She's was like, Judith. <laughs> Who? You mean that chick that we that, that 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 woman that like you know hooked us up with a nice meal like five towns over? How could it have been her? She was so nice. Not good if good if God damn it, Matthew, you got stung <laughs> on the tongue by a scorpion again. <laughs> I told you stop fucking with those things. <laughs> it was Judith. <laughs> it was Ju- and what's funny though that the Ryan Reynolds one, he's the only one that hears it was Judith. Like he's right. literally the only one that hears it. Like, and he's like, wait, what? And everyone's looking at him like, what? What's wrong? Like, you guys didn't hear that? Can we talk about the really weird, like wandering in the desert temptation scene where he talked to those <sighs> animals? No, oh, that the I, snake was so weird, right? Like, I thought I was high. She was I like, thought I was high. look at my breast. And I was like, you're a snake. <laughs> I don't want to see snake titties because those right. snake titties are probably a small child that you ate. It's just such a weird everything and the that scene especially was where I was like, oh, Martin Scorsese is like really just making me watch him masturbate. He is really trying to pile on the whole I'm He's a, like, serious, I'm a filmmaker. serious filmmaker. Mm. Yes. I'm definitely like, not gonna make Kate fear immediately after this. <laughs> like, seriously, the fact that he really had the balls to come out and start trash talking the MCU, it's like, dude, you made this. All right. Yeah, but this is so important. And you know it's important because it's two hours and 45 minutes of a story that we've all already heard. <laughs> <laughs> and not only is it a story that we've already heard like a thousand times all of our existence, but it's not even a, com- it's like not even interesting. Yeah, man, it's tough. Uh, I don't even know how long we've been talking about it, but I feel like, uh, I mean, what else do you want to say about it? Do you want to look at some reviews? Let's look at, at some reviews. I guess let's look at uh, some Amazon. Reviews. I think the best part about this movie is that it finally ended after almost. Yeah. And hours. now I don't ever have to wonder again why people love it. Uh, I mean, actually, I'll always wonder why people love it, but I don't ever have to watch it again. Yeah. It's like, how does this movie still keep getting love? All right. Here are some reviews of The Last Temptation of Christ. These are Amazon reviews. Amazon um, reviews. Let's see. Do we want to go five stars or one stars? Let's go five stars first. All right. Let's do a five star. Let's go. Let's enter. Let's enter minimum. Let's go five star, one star, five star, one star. All right. Uh, 
let's see. This is from, I can't see the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So this is from Ray uh, in 2018, five stars. We are all attracted to temptation, but what happens when you let it go? My all time favorite movie ever. The cast is stunning. The cinematography is stunning. The location is stunning. And Peter Gabriel's score is exquisite. Oh, that was another thing I had an issue with <laughs> was the music. Yeah. Talk uh, about it. Is this boring? It was just, it, it literally, it was so out of place. It sounded so ridiculous. Everything about this movie is just dumb. D-U-M-B, dum, 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 dum. Like, like, oh my goodness. It's like, this is this music could have been put into a South Park episode where they're parroting Scientology. Dum, da, dum, 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 dum. It, it, the music doesn't fit anywhere. It's, it's literally like, you know what? Go back to putting music in um, John Cusack movies, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> Just go back to what you do best. And Ray, stop being an asshole. Ray continues. This movie can obviously be watched from many different perspectives. For me, it was a lesson about the powerful force of distraction or temptation and the inevitable choice we must all make in letting go of distraction in order to wake up and see who we really are. I might add that I have read the book too, and the movie follows it very closely. I'm just well, then I have no desire to ever read this book. I just feel like it, it, if it, it, it and it does make all of those points, but I just feel like it's not anything revolutionary. Ray, maybe I'm, maybe I'm I don't agree with the you. wrong perspective. This is from uh, Andrina, last name Gland. Uh, Bland? Andrina Gland. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's <laughs> That's not. funny. I don't know. I get it. I, I don't know it. Andrina's last name. Uh, but one star, not factual to Jesus's life. It's fictional. Not according to the gospel. <sighs> it's a rendition of a book about Jesus in a fictional book. No facts about Jesus, which as a Christian, I couldn't watch more than 15 minutes when Judas smacked Jesus. I love Willem Dafoe and Harvey Keitel, but I love Jesus more. So herein lies the big issue, right? If we hate this movie, then we must be like religious Bible thumpers who are like super insensitive. And that's why I think all these critics pretended to love it. Because the honest to God truth is, it's just not a good movie. It has nothing to do with the religious stuff. Not even a little bit. This movie just sucks ass on so many different levels. Uh, this is a five-star review uh, <sighs> from someone named J-S-H-W-T-K-T-U-T-T-U-S. I'm going to call him J's Hawatsku Tattoos. Uh, five star, still worth to see it again after the years. I saw this Martin Scorsese's You're piece wrong. of cinema's art after more than 30 years again. I saw it at that time shortly after coming to the United States and also seeing protests in front of the movie theater in Washington, D.C. It was fascinating and still is after all those years. Willem Dafoe's Jesus is one of the best. The movie is both very spiritual and metaphysical. It could really happen like that. Those, those studying metaphysics through extra-dimensional travel probably understand why. I also liked portraying Judas in this more positive way, unlike in the most religious denominations. Well, that was a roller coaster. Oh, here's the bottom line. This movie's terrible. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Now, there were some things, like I said, that they I did I do appreciate. I appreciate them humanizing Jesus and showing the struggle that comes with it. I do appreciate that. But once again, this entire movie, it gets the Terrence Trent Darby Award. 
it's trying to do the right things, but it just does it way wrong. Here is um, here's one here's a one star review that I think finally kind of gets to what we were what we're saying. One star kitsch. This is from Benjamin Hemingway. I like some of Scorsese's other films like Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, but this is bad. I can't help laughing at every line of Willem Dafoe's. It's quite embarrassing, actually. Very effective. However, I'm sure Jesus is a pretty hard role to play. I got a much more enjoyable and profound and dramatically powerful experience from just reading the Gospels themselves. This is obvious kitsch in comparison. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a solid, like that's sort of how I feel, right? Like if you're not going to offer me anything more dramatic than this, like why would I not just go read the Bible? Like it's not that different really it's really not like literally the only real difference like and what really got me and i'm sure we've already said this like this movie is just so long and just whatever but it's like so they say that this comes from no gospel but it does yeah all of it does and the only thing that's not gospel is we're seeing his fever dream where satan as a little girl takes him off the cross yeah, and, and he's and living again, the fever dream. How do we know that he didn't evil. have that? Right. No, that it's not like Martin Scorsese's central point is that Jesus decided not to go through with his sacrifice and decided instead to go bang out a bunch of kids with Mary Magdalene and Lazarus' sisters and then die an old man. No, that's just like speculating what he maybe was dreaming while he was hanging on the cross. That's it. Like it's yeah, not like Earlier in the movie, he bangs Mary Magdalene. He was in the room with her while she's banging other dudes. We don't even see him like whip his wiener out or anything. Like we, so we don't know if he was into weird shit or what, you know. Uh, But not to mention the fact that, and even still, he's like, you could see he's resisting the temptation. He's still like, right? I'm sorry, I don't understand why people got so bitter about it. (laughs) It's like, look, man, Jesus was a guy. He Uh, is going to have look. You can be tempted and resist the temptation. It's okay. It's you, you show a lot more strength in being <laughs> tempted from something and then doing what you feel is right than just, ooh, this doesn't touch me at all. Like that's not S A W F T people. Uh, this is kind of funny. Uh, this is a one-star review from Sean William Menzies. Criterion, Criterion, why have you forsaken us? Criterion uh, <laughs> and or Universal clearly do not know what they do. This is the worst Blu-ray release to come from Criterion yet. Se- severe digital noise, unacceptable mi- macro blocking and banding, especially around Satan's pillar of fire in the desert 59 minutes into the film. And what is wrong with you people who think this is a gorgeous disc who say Last Temptation has never looked this good? None of you ever saw the film projected on 35 millimeter in the cinema. If that is the case, and here is proof. When Jesus dies at the end, spoiler alert, the film... <laughs> the film's image is burned off of the screen by the power of god and the audience are left looking at a blank white cinema screen upon which the bright white end credits pop for the vhs and dvd releases that end title sequence has been darkened to a tawny gold to make the end titles readable now here's a guy who like really knows uh, a lot of stuff about a lot of things that sounds like it would make him a blast to hang out with at parties Mm. oh lord I, I wonder. I wonder how they would have felt if there was a scene where, you know, what you know, Jesus performed oral sex on Mary Magdalene. I wonder how that would make them feel. Horrible you know what? I, I would. I would want that included in a director's cut just to mess with people. Why Here's the hell not? One star review from Doctor P. 
Uh, horrible. Is he related movie. to Master P? Uh, did he get his? Did Master P get his doctorate now? Yeah, his PhD in theology. Uh, <laughs> not sure where someone's head was when they made this movie. Can't tell if it is their idea of Christ or if it is anti-religious. They downplay Christ and go off course from the biblical scenario. Immediately having Christ question who he is and why he is on Earth. He doesn't know he is the son of God from this movie's perspective and his narrative thoughts yes. question everything and doubt is portrayed constantly. He is portrayed more like a moron and faces. No, if he was a moron, it would have been fun and faces problems that are far left in thought and theory in the way he deals with them and understands them. Three fourths of three fourths through when he is on the cross, he is given a chance to leave his pain and the movies goes into an entire life, walking away from everything and marrying and having children and sleeping with multiple women. After a while, he sees apostles preaching of the Savior, and he is trying to convince them to stop preaching about him dying and rising again because he never died and is still alive and aging. It is a sacrilegious documentary <laughs> with a far-reaching twist that was difficult to watch. Anyone who knows. Okay, so I do want to talk about that because that's actually interesting. The part where he sees uh, Saul uh, preaching at the end. Um, yeah. And he actually got kind of pissed about that. Which yeah, is well, funny. it's cool because what he learns from that moment is like that is that people needed the sacrifice, not that the sacrifice saved them. Right. But that the sacrifice gave them hope. Uh, and so he invented the preacher and in, invented this fiction because Jesus in this particular timeline didn't have the balls to go through with the with the sacrifice. Right. Um, and he's like, but people needed the the symbol of the sacrifice, which is an interesting comment that the symbol is more powerful than the action. Right. Like that was, that was some, that was a really good point. It was a really it was good just buried so far into it. Yeah. Like you get to the point, like where you're just too bored to care. That's it. I just, this movie like, takes I said, way too long. Yeah. I, to for it to there. be retreading such familiar ground for almost anyone that is going to encounter it as a piece of Western cinema in the Western world. Again, whether or not you are actively in the Christian faith, almost every person in the Western world is at least passingly familiar with that story. It's inundated in our pop culture mythos, right? It's everywhere. Like family guy makes jokes about that shit, you know? Right. So it's not like you, you have to retread this ground so tediously for two hours before getting to your ultimate point, uh, which, which the ultimate point is basically the point that the, that the dark Knight rises makes, right? Like it doesn't matter who wears the cowl. It doesn't matter if the sacrifice was real, right? It just matters that you're able to give people hope. Right. And, and that's literally all that there is to it. It's all about just, it's, it's giving someone, it's giving hope, and it's it's being a symbol for doing quote unquote the right thing. Ah, I see what it's you said. Yeah, and my I mean, favorite and, part of this movie was when Jesus threw a trash can through the window of the temple. <laughs> oh, that yeah, it's like yeah. Oh, I, I love the fact that Jesus was getting just. Hot. I love seeing it. that. That's that's one of the scenes where it was like Agent Smecker was just going off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean the. I love Willem Dafoe. Like I mean, it was already said, but previously, I love this film. I love I love the actors in this film, but this film is just garbage. It's just, and when the, and when the movie does make a really good point or something that's very very poignant, 
it's literally the worst sandwich of all time man just the beginning just from the from the jump i was like oh no <laughs> i've been whipping myself and blah blah like wait what oh god here we go but why right well anyway should we um get bartender smiley in here please <laughs> i think we've almost made it an hour <laughs> i think we i think we've suffered enough and i'm pretty sure that the listeners have suffered enough yeah i mean anybody hey, listen we might t- we might catch some heat on this one somebody might say yo this is the best movie ever i keep waiting i'm gonna wait for joe compton to come for us on this one uh but, okay but you're wrong though yeah for sure <laughs> but you're wrong though <laughs> here's um, yo i'll go I, I will go undercover brother on people on this one <laughs> Here is Bartender Smiley with a short explanation of how we rate movies. The Plotaholics rating system for the movies is a pretty simple system. Basically, they rate movies based on how many shots it takes to get through them. So if you got a good movie and you get through it all the way sober, then it takes zero shots to get through the movie. And then if you got a really bad movie, then it could take up to five shots to get through the whole thing. I think you can try to figure out the middle part yourself. So what can I get you? You know what's interesting, Brian? I feel like everyone that is listening who has not watched this movie has still been able to listen to this conversation and know exactly what we're talking about. And that's why so. that's that's how you know the film doesn't really tread any new ground because mm-hmm. all you have to know is the part that we talked about specifically, which was the fever dream at the end. Everything else is note for note exactly the same as every other Jesus movie you've ever seen. Pretty much. One thing I will say I love how he's like real low key. How's everything? How how's how's profits going today? Hey, it's going pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm glad there. Ah, there was a firefight. <laughs> Better yet, hey, how, how's profits going? It's going pretty good. It's like I offered you friendship and you spit in my face, Spider Man. Wait, that what? was a really good defire. That was a Thank good one. You. Thank you. Back to formula. Like if Jesus had had a glider and he was like gliding around. Oh, I'd have been all. Now that's the movie I want to see. Jesus Christ, Green Goblin. I want to see that movie. Jesus Goblin. The Jesus Goblin. Goblin Christ. Super. Somebody deep. The Last Temptation of Christ into the first Spider-Man movie. Oh, that would be great. Like, hey, how's how how's everything going here? Oh, the profits are going great. They're going real great. Quest Aerospace! Huh? And then Christ just starts <laughs> pumpkin bombing the shit out of people. Oh, but, man. But, he, but it's not mechanical pumpkin bombs. He just shits in his hand and it's orange because he's been eating carrots. Man. And just starts bricking people. If now, that's w- the movie I, we should have gotten. one sentence from this episode that I wish I could isolate out of context and put at the very beginning of the episode, it's, and then Jesus Christ just starts pumpkin bombing the shit out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that... Like, oh my God, I, I, I hope you got a timestamp on that. <laughs> oh man. Um, so oh. I, I had a hard time, man. It was, I, I took a nap in the middle of it, um, came back later on. It wasn't any better. I, and if I can be completely honest, I watched a good chunk of it at 1.5 times speed on YouTube uh, so that it would go faster. <laughs> I'm actually mad at myself for spending the money to rent this. Yeah. Like that's four dollars and some odd cents that I'm never getting back. I just got a fresh tattoo on my shoulder. I wish someone would just punch me in that shoulder right now. 
it reeks of the kind of thing that some controversy was drummed up because they kind of knew that what they had wasn't very good. And so does that yeah, make we sense? Got, yeah, we got to we got to get some of our money back for this. Because it's definitely this the kind of movie sucks. that you could market in a way that would drum up controversy without because most of the stuff, you know, people were talking about protesting it before it ever came out and all of that, like the broom at the theater that was bombed wasn't even showing it, you know? uh so it's just i think i think martin scorsese bombed himself <laughs> yeah I, Yo, I some dude in this movie was named zabetti zabetti <laughs> zabetti it was judith it was youth can i just say too i am so sick and tired of it all being white folks playing people that live in these middle eastern countries can we stop that shit already? And at the very least, give all of them a sunburn if you insist on making For real. Them all white. If you're gonna do that, yeah. Because I'm sorry, man. I don't care who you are. If you white, you are suffering. Well, tell the me, sun. yeah. Tell me what is more offensive: the fact that everyone in these movies is white, or the fact that only the people that talk are white, and all of the extras are people of color. Yeah, and they're just there for background. See, look. You got a brown. The only people important enough in history for things to happen to are the white people. Right. So I, I'm going to let, I'm going to get, let it off the hook for like at least one shot's worth just because it's like competent and it does tell a story from beginning to end. Although it was plagiarized from two different sources. Um, And even though it was based on even though it's based on it's just flat yeah, out plagiarism. It's based on a book that's based on a book. Uh which that's is based like making, on hearsay. That is right. based on hearsay. Yeah, it's like making a it's like making a movie based on the summary that your friend told you of a book that he read the cliff notes for. Sounds about right. Uh so I give it a four shot rating. Yeah. You're a lot nicer than me. I'm giving this shit a 20 shot rating. 20 like i seriously have to to be able to enjoy this film i would actually be have to this film would have to be a fever dream with oscar the grouch as judith it was um full um, harvey keitel as like everyone and you know what just so that he doesn't like stick out like a sore thumb Every single character in this film is a different version of harvey keitel so one is winston wolf one is mr white one is freaking um, Jacob from um, from Dust Till Dawn. You you see where I'm going with this? I think like every different like every character in this film is played by a different version of Harvey Keitel characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Willem Dafoe has to wear the Green Goblin suit with the glider as Jesus Christ. I'm working right now on a Photoshop of the Green Goblin into the <laughs> into the poster art for this. <laughs> Uh, and keanu reeves has to play the little um the devil yeah i like the voice of the like but can he do it in a really high pitched well no i I, no i seriously just want keanu reeves being keanu reeves like how he like you know how he was the most glaring thing in um bram stoker's dracula Uh like everyone else has a competent british accent but him and it's just keanu being keanu right 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 that's the version of the devil like i I want him to still be speaking as if he's the little girl but it's just (laughs) keanu reeves yeah 
but he also has to be wearing glasses with no lenses. So just the frames like he did in Always Be My Maybe. Nice. Like I have to be having that kind of a fever dream to be able to enjoy this movie. Like, I hate this movie for making me mad at Willem Dafoe, Harvey Keitel, Barbara Hershey, Henry Dean Stanton, David Bowie. Who the hell else is in this movie that I really, really, really like? Um, and you know what? Alan Rosenberg. He hasn't done anything to me. And I'm pissed at him, too. <laughs> I love Alan Rosenberg and so many things that he's done. I'm pissed at him in this movie. So, yeah, I hate this movie for making me be mad at these people. So I need to have alcohol-induced fever dreams to ever even be able to think for a nanosecond to entertain the concept of ever watching this piece of shit ever again. Martin Scorsese, you better not say another goddamn word about the MCU, or otherwise, I, yeah. hope, a, I hope a lump of coal just gets attached to your fucking grundle. I mean, those movies are infinitely more watchable, at least. Dude, Thor Dark World is better than this. And Thor Dark World is probably the weakest of the Marvel movies. And I even have a better appreciation of that now. Okay? I'm well, sorry. The worst MCU film is probably The Incredible Hulk. Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk. Can we agree on that? Uh, probably. I couldn't. That's get more it. enjoyable than this piece of shit. I would get through The Incredible Hulk if I had to watch it for the show. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But I'd watch like, it on two times the speed. <laughs> <laughs> well you only watch this one at one and a half times oh sorry yeah no i meant one and a half like you have to do if you do it to two then it like goes too fast and you can't really understand what they're saying but at 1.5 you can and, understand and at least at 1.5 the voices change octave so it's kind of funny right yeah it's like watching alvin and the chipmunks act out the passion of the christ <laughs> oh that would be, you know what i seriously want to do that now i, I, I want to watch i want to watch i want i actually i want to see i want to get the, the um the passion of the christ and play at one and a half speed just so i can hear alvin and i want alvin to play jesus christ so instead of jen creviso it's alvin seville as jesus christ nice <laughs> and Brittany miller as um mary magdalene i love it <laughs> i love it oh fun fact about alvin and the chipmunks one of the uh, the one of the uh, the the founder, um, she's the uh, Janice. I think her name is Janice. Whatever her last name is, her and her husband like own the rights to Alvin and the Chipmunks. Mm -hmm. She was in Quentin Tarantino's favorite movie of all time, oh, which what was Switchblades. Switchblade Sisters. Ah, yeah, and she flashes the camera. Nice. Yeah. So interesting side note to that. Little interesting side notes. Little interesting side note. Um, I am way too distracted trying to do this green goblin thing right now. You know what? That's okay. I'm 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 looking at the snails in my fish tank because my pleco died. I looked up why did my pleco die, and it's like one of the first things they said is that some tank owners put a pleco in the tank and just expect it to live off the algae. It's like no, you still have to feed them. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're like, well, that's me. I that's that. me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Well, that solves that question. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, the, the, the meanwhile, the snails are just like, yeah, we're cool. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell the people at home what we are getting into next week? All right. So then, you the know, film, or do I need to tell you? It's the it's it's something about cannibals. It's fine uh, young cannibals. Yeah, it drives me crazy. Hold on. I have I have the Google Drive right here. No, um, 
it's a we're continuing on we're, we have we're two more we have two more weeks of um some of the most controversial films Quite of the unquote. 1980s so next week we're going to be doing cannibal holocaust it drives me crazy uh uh i'm sorry that was fine again i keep making that mistake so we're going to watch cannibal holocaust next week and then we're going to finish off the week after with heathers mm. so this is going to be interesting now keep in mind our Cannibal Holocaust episode is going to be a little bit later because I am going to be the father of a teenager oh. next week. So, yep, Brian Anthony Tan Jr., my 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 um my crotch fruit, my um my mini me, my uh, my testicular goblin turns 13 years old. And if he's oh. listening, I hope you know, son, that me referring to you as crotch fruit testicular goblin is done with the most sincere amount of love possible from <laughs> such unflattering terms. But if you are listening, if you if you are still getting yourself and your friends to listen to your father review movies, um, I love you very, very much. I'm so proud of you. 13 years old. Wow. You are still and for will forever be the greatest creation that I have ever done. I could live to write a thousand books that could become 2000 movies or TV shows. All of them would pale in comparison to the light that is you in my life. Well, that is happy 13th nice. birthday. Well, after all, after all the vitriol that I've been spewing over this movie, I got to at least show that I'm not completely rage induced. Oh yeah. Right. Um, all right. After well, yeah. Movie. So yeah. So next week, cannibal Holocaust. Not to be confused with the Silence of the Lamb sequel, Hannibal Holocaust. <laughs> uh, we will be discussing that film next week. And, uh, and again, it's one of those that I completely anticipate being a letdown. Um, yeah, I can't with, even. Because like... of the amount of like, again, just the amount of quote unquote controversy around it. I, I just assume that it's going to be the very, 19. It's, it was made in 1980. Correct. I believe so. $3 to rent $9 to buy. Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to go well. <laughs> wow. I just, so I just clicked the, um, the link to like, look at it. Yeah. Number one, thank God. It's only an hour and 37 minutes. Long. Okay. So that's already a, in the right direction. But the the still picture they have, this guy has like the most disheveled looking hair, but he's happy about it. And that 1980s mustache just looks like he shouldn't be allowed near a school. Mm -hmm. Good. Very good. Yeah. So we will get into that next time. Are you sure we can't just like skip to Heathers? <laughs> I mean, we can. We have to come up with something else to replace it. I don't know. I spit on your grave. Is, do we have that? Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? Yeah, that's a real movie. It's pretty. It's pretty messed up though. Like that I mean, movie. Actually, I don't even think it's in the eighties. Hold on. I spit on your grave. When did the original come? Oh, nineteen seventy-eight. Never mind. Ah, uh, just that. missed it. Just, just missed it by two years. That movie is messed up. Have you ever watched it? The original? No. It is messed up. Well, maybe we'll do a controversial seventies next year. Oh, that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so I guess we're stuck with Cannibal Holocaust then. Yeah, at least it's only 90 minutes. That's way better. Thank Christ, because this movie was a labor of love. I have to love what we do to sit to put myself through that bullshit. Uh, hey, I, I appreciate your efforts. I almost called uh, or almost texted you and was like, can we just cancel? <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted to suggest that as well, but you know what? We do what we do because we're good at what we do. And we That's suffer right. for you guys. We, I think we've proven that we suffer for you. The listener. I am. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to send this to you right now. Um, okay. I think that it is very funny. And we'll post this also to the Plotaholics uh, socials. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that it's, I think, I think it's funny anyway, even if you don't, but I think that you'll get a kick out of it. If I can just figure out where it went. <laughs> you know how it is here it is oh man it's hard for a pimp out there these days <laughs> the last temptation <laughs> I, love <laughs> I love the fact that the chin is so big it's covered right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and i can still see his mouth all right <laughs> that is perfect you know what that just made the whole show worth it. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that yes. is going to do it for us this week. Uh, and we will talk to you guys next week with Hannibal Kala, Han- Kala- Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. Hannibal Holocaust. <laughs> Have a nice week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Take a trip with us to New Park. Just promise not to drink the goo. Oh my god! If you get sucked into the matrix, matrix, we will send the phone for you. Do you believe in fate? Sometimes the end game is the perfect place to start. We're in the end game now. And other times you want to pretend the prequels were never a real thing. Let's just pod race to the end. She's swiping! Every movie has a plot hole. And every hole gets filled somehow. Whiskey, wine, or blue milk. Just don't cut me off right now. With a plot of Breakfast Club or two. two We are the Plotaholics Ripping plots apart for you. for you Shane and Brian are an island Two real life misfit toys Wanting to be a Robocop Settling for black circle boys And just like Dr. Hammond Extracting amber from wood And later there's running and screaming A little too busy asking if we could And never asking if we should But every movie has a plot hole Hole gets filled somehow Whiskey, wine, or blue milk Just don't cut me off right now With a
Like uh, your opinion, man. 